Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. Hello, it is Angie Austin and friends. The good news gals are here. We've got uh, Cindy, Beatrice, Jennifer, Michelle, and Monique, and of course, producer Dave and we've got a couple of good news stories for you and we like to hopefully brighten your uh, you know brighten your day up a little but not just the good news of the world but the good news of Jesus and we're just uh, Christian moms and uh, wives and sisters friends trying to you know get through life we're much like you and uh, we're trying to do the best we can and I think a lot of people think you become a Christian and everything becomes magically delicious, mm. like Lucky mm. Charms and unicorns and mm. crunchy sugared cereal and <laughs> rainbows and pots of gold. And But it's still, you know, it's, it's not, this life's not for sissies. So thank goodness that we've got our faith, you know, to help us get through. And neither do you start talking like, well, glory to God and hallelujah. Yeah, and wearing sensible mm. shoes and bad fashion. No, you don't yeah, do all you that. You don't have to uh-uh. be a Christian. <laughs> it's still life. Yeah, Christian lady, you don't have to wear bad shoes and have light and be you know, bad fashion and not have a sense of humor. We're very funny. Especially you, Angie. Well, yes. there's like a, I think there's like a, there's like a, I don't know, stereotype of women, you know, that are Christian and we're boring and look like librarians and, you know, wear those sweaters buttoned up to our necks. I feel like a lot of people think that Christians are a lot like um, the adults from Footloose where they don't, they yes. want, no you know dancing. what I'm saying? Like no dancing. No and everyone's dancing. like, if you have any fun, then you're, you know, you're going to yeah. burn. And then so you're I feel burn. like a lot of people. People oh, believe that. Yeah. yeah. So on, I, and hopefully some non-Christians listen to our show, you know, for the good news and hear some hope as well in our faith. My grandmother was a pastor. Oh, even that. my great-grandmother was a pastor. And they, like, I grew up with them, and I had so much fun, fun. with them. Yeah. So they, like, they took away that thought of oh you had to wear and I grew up Pentecostal yeah so you know how strict some of them can be but not I mean my grandmother was very open uh, about you know having talks with me about sex and everything like that because she I moved with her when I was six so we went through I went through puberty with her and she was really open she was the one me. that had to talk yeah. to you and explain everything well mm-hmm. I want Dave to introduce the story we're going to talk about uh a grandmother uh, who was uh, too sick to go to a game that she really wanted to go to and how this all worked out. So give us kind of the, the lowdown, Dave. This one right. We need a little a context for this one because uh, it's kind of a different video. I got off of this really cool website called the Good News Network. They have the greatest stories they there. Do. I love that. Whenever you're feeling down, it's good. You can All these inspirational stories, some of them are funny. This one really touched me. I've, I grew up playing baseball. It's baseball season now. I love baseball. It was uh, one of the ways that I actually connected with my grandfather and my father was, uh, you know, we all did this together. So I thought this was touching. But this kid is in college. He's in baseball. And he's talking about how his grandmother always was there since T-ball. Every game, all the time, always washing his uniform, make sure to get the, the red dirt out of his pants <laughs> and stuff like that. And just how supportive he always was. And he didn't realize how all this, you know, like how important it was, but then she got lung cancer. And so she got too sick to even leave the house. Aww. They didn't know what to do. And so what he did was she want, she never saw him play college. So she got his, he got his whole team, 
fully uniformed to go to her house and play a game at her house just to give her some joy. And just you can hear it in his voice when he talks about it. How big is their yard? It was a really big yard. In the video, it's gigantic. I don't know what it is. It's this huge yard, though. And so, yeah, there's 10 full-grown college baseball players there. Like a farm-style yard. (laughs) So 10 big old baseball players, they come to Granny's house to play a game for her. Right. Me and my grandma were always really close. She was always around for all of our games, and she used to play catch with me when I was little, around t-ball age. And uh, she would always come to every single one of my t-ball games, and she'd always go to my sister's softball games, and she was just always around. And she was uh, less of a grandma and more of a friend. She was like my best friend. I always did everything with her, you know. I go to movies with her. I go to the mall with her. And like uh, even one day for New Year's, instead of going out to a party, I decided to hang out with her. She was just always there, and she was the one that always would clean my pants. And now that I'm having to clean my own pants, it's I'm starting to realize how much she actually spent and how much of her free time she actually spent on my sister and I to to make sure that we uh, were taken care of. I was hopeful, and I wanted her to uh, come to one of my games. As, and, and as much as I wanted to, her health prevented her from doing that. And once it started to get worse, I uh, decided to try to get as many guys from the team as I could to come to her house. And we tried to put up together a little game for her. It was a complete surprise to her, so she had no idea. And uh, that meant a lot to me because uh, she did all those things that I just talked to you about. And she was always there, and she did everything for me. So that was the least I could do for her is put something together for her just to just to see her smile and see the team and see us on our jerseys and you know she was never able to make it out to a college game so that meant a lot uh, for me and my sister and I know her neighbors were there and the family and uh, I just hadn't seen her that happy in a while so it just meant a lot to everybody that was there that uh, we were able to put that together for. Oh. oh my God! Just a young man who loves his grandmother that much, and just that—it's hard to even talk about. You know, she died special. only two weeks after that, unfortunately. Oh, though, no. and so that was, yeah, after that game, so unfortunately, um, she is gone. But he did get to do this very special thing with her, and so he mm-hmm. gets to what cherish the time that he had yeah. with her, right? And the, he, you know, he didn't wait too long, and that's something that can happen. Oh, we'll get it later. We'll get yeah. it later. But and now it's too late. And so, luckily, he didn't do that. Well, Amen. and a shout out to all the other players on his team. Amen. Like, Amen. you yeah. know, he had a vested interest, like she cleaned his unit. But all these other, that's just the beauty of the, the body of Christ for me. Mm-hmm. You know, they all made the commitment to be there to help their fellow player, yeah. you know, give his dying grandmother her last wish or one of her last wishes. So, oh, awesome. gives me chills. I love, yeah. I love being here. It always brings me up. It's hard to lose people, though. And, you know, yeah, my- we all have lost people. And it's, you know, it's kind of one of those things where you get sad and you want to, you don't want to live there, right? You, mm-hmm. you It's okay to go to sad town, but you don't want to unpack and live there. Right. Um, but, you know, it's difficult, and there's all, all the different ways that we cope. Actually, it kind of ties into the other good news clip that we have for today. Um, this is such a sweet story about this little girl. She is the youngest girl to ever climb to the peak of Mount Kilimanjaro. Ooh, oh, my goodness. Wow. And she, Wait, don't do that story yet because I'm reading more. I'm, not, I'm like, silent here because I, I, I had to read more about this relationship. So there's a picture of Zach with his uh, grandmother, oh. Marilyn. Zach's the player. Right. And so not only did had the aunt take her in her wheelchair, put her in front of the window, and then pull the curtains back, and she just started crying, Aww. tears running down her face, because she saw all these baseball players come into the backyard from Lewis and Clark College, but also his <gasps> 16-year-old sister, who's a very talented softball player, she was included in the game as well. 
And so Aww. she is sitting there. She shed some happy tears and sat there in disbelief, said Zach's aunt, so the uh, daughter of that grandma. I get choked up every time I think of it. What amaz- uh, an amazing, loving gift these boys showed Zach and his grandma. Every guy who was there came out without a hesitation. All of them really nice people. It was cool that they would do that for me and my family. We had a lot of fun, and I could just see it, you know, her through the window, smiles all around with the tears running down her face and what it meant to her. But that also shows to me, like, what you're pouring into people. She poured all this love into him, and here she is, 78 years old, um, you know, with, uh, on chemo and weak, and that got the little picture of her in her wheelchair staring out the window, and you can see from the back. And just Aww. imagine you open those curtains when you get wheeled up, and then all these boys start, you know, streaming into the backyard and playing a game just for you. And then the picture of him hugging her and the fact that he calls her his best friend, Aww. you know, is just... And for a young, like a guy, I don't know, like young men, it just touches me that he understood the awesome. importance of the love. And then he had to get the grass stains off of his baseball pants. Hello, we all know how hard yeah. that is to do. Yeah. And well, then he realized that was, you know, something she'd always done for him. This well, one really... What an awesome legacy. Oh, mm-hmm. she yeah, had. the legacy. Yes, you know, the because, ripple effect. Yeah, yeah. And, and I bet you that all the young men that played, that came to play that day in her yard... They're probably looking at their lives and their grandmas and saying, wow, I want to go see my grandma. Exactly. And what a blessing to have a relationship like that in your life Mm -hmm. or to be that Mm -hmm. in your life to someone else. Amen. Mm -hmm. And that just this whole story just kind of showed that example Mm -hmm. um, from both sides. And then it just shared it forward in a hundred ways. Well, I told you we're going on this trip with my in-laws and it's the same trip my son, my, my husband took with his parents and his grandparents uh, when he was little and it's to take a houseboat out in the middle of this lake in Kentucky and my co-host is now calling it America where we get you know Schlitz beer and a bunch of bacon and a ski boat and then the the houseboat and we go out on this uh, lake in Kentucky and so last night um, my son said came inside I said what's daddy doing he said he's talking to uh, do you see it he's talking to uh, to to grandpa I said, about what? And he said, about Merca. <laughs> and he said that, that, that our trip were taken. Merca. And he said, Grandpa's so happy when he talks about it. And I said, well, that makes it worth every penny we're spending on that trip. Because, you know, that was my thing. Like, well, a trip like that? Like, we could go anywhere in the world for the kind of money we're spending on this houseboat. You know, and then the fact that they're so excited and they're already planning. It's like July into August. And all, you know, all these months ahead, they've got lists of food and this and that. And they're reliving their memories from, you know, Kit talking about what they did. And Dad Mark's like, they're going to have a smile on your face for such a long time. Every day you're going to be smiling for a whole week, he said, because this is going to be the best trip of, like, your life. He goes, and Mommy's going to love it, too. So anyway, I point to that being these memories that you make with grandparents and the legacy the legacy that that you um, create and just, you know, Riley's even said, I I just really want to, I've got a name, a really, a a big name, big shoes to fill. I want to make grandpa and daddy proud of me. That's what he'll say, you know, for events or baseball games or whatever, that he loves his grandpa just like he loves his father. That's how much he loves him. Yeah. My, my mom died of lung cancer and my dad died of cancer as well. And I'll tell you that those last four months with her was such a gift and she was living with us and in taking care of her and bathing her and dressing her and 
I know she hated it, part of it, mm -hmm. but it was really like that circle of life. And I kept reminding her, like, Mom, how many times did you change my diaper and yeah. give me baths? I'm like, this is just such an honor to be able to have that circle go back around. And it was just, it truly was an honor. It Amen. just, yeah. Amen. Wow. And these kind of places are where real life lies. Yes. I mean, with oh, yeah. that, yes. this is real life. Mm -hmm. America. America. <laughs> real life. You got this. Yeah. In yeah. Angie's chapter in her world. Yeah. But yes. Yeah. My, my co-host said, said there was an emergency room. That picture was up on the internet, and people were laughing at it because the A was gone. And he goes, emergency. This is where Angie will go when she goes to America. <laughs> if anything happens on her America vacation, she'll go to emergency. I'm like, well, hopefully not. I'm no, we're not putting it emergency. out there. <laughs> All right. Now, Dave, you can go on your next story. I just was, I just wanted to read more about them. I just love the story. Right, It was sweet. And in the, in the video, you can mm. see her kind of peeking through the window. And yeah. uh, she seemed, I mean, that relationship is something that you really should cherish because it is so fleeting mm -hmm. with an age gap like that. That's right. <clears throat> um, but uh, so this next story is about a little girl. She became, she's only seven. She turns eight in, in May and um, she wanted to be closer to her dad because she lost her dad. And she was saying that if she goes above the clouds, she can be closer to where her dad is in heaven. And um, they also, wanted to become the youngest person to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. So um, they had to go in the springtime, and it's not the ideal conditions, but this little girl made it to the top, and, you know, it's like this tribute to her father, and it's all these things. It's just amazing to me all the different ways that people can find to grieve and to get past and to keep going in, in the face of tragedy. Yeah. Today's March 14, 2018, and I'm going to do the summit of Mount Kilimanjaro. She's only seven, but that doesn't stop Montana Kenny from setting big goals for herself, like becoming the youngest girl to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. We started researching it and only to find out that 10 years of age was the youngest that he could be. But the more we researched, we realized that there were other kids that were younger than her that were doing the climb. Mom Holly says the records she found showed the youngest girl to get to the summit was eight. Since Montana was going to turn eight in May, they knew they had to plan their trip soon. Holly says despite the wet, cold weather and dangerous terrain, her daughter was fearless because she believed her father, who died four years ago, would be watching over her. She knows that she has an angel looking after her and he lives in heaven and she associates the clouds above being above the clouds is where heaven is and she knew that this mountain was above the clouds so she associated she was going to be closer to her dad in heaven last month they embarked on the six-day hike up the mountain with the help of guides i'm so proud of you and i'm so happy to be the one to get you who gets you here and everyone celebrated when they reached the peak but Montana's mom says this is just the beginning of her life's adventures. I never would want her to think of that as who she is. It's something that she did. I don't want that to define her, nor do I think she wants it to define her, but it was just a cool, cool thing to be able to do. All the way up there. So sweet. Wow. That's I particularly awesome. like the last point when she said she's this young girl and she could easily be the girl online that, oh, she's the one who climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. Right. But she doesn't want to be that. She just wants to keep going and keep going on all the adventures. She doesn't want to be defined by the one thing. I like that. 
That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I do too. That is cool. It's that legacy thing again that we were talking about also with the grandmother. And I, I talked to my mom about that from time to time about you know, this is an opportunity for you to create memories with the kids, you know, that they'll have a really positive memory and uh, you'll have a positive impact on them. Like, you know, my father-in-law really has a tight bond with my kids and so does my mother-in-law for that matter they're really great grandparents and so uh, going on these trips and creating memories is a really neat thing but it, the memories can be created in baking cookies and the That's things right. that my mom does you know mm-hmm. that can be much simpler and I just think that we should foster that whether it be uh, so there have been opportunities that we've had to take really great vacations and we'll go to Joliet, Illinois, in springtime, when you are wearing a parka in the Easter parade, and then I look at my husband like freezing cold and like wet, and I'm like, "Happy spring break!" <laughs> and then, you know, I will pose by pictures of like some burned out lot where it's freezing, and I have an umbrella that's turned backwards, and it's so cloudy and cold that the wind is blowing the umbrella backwards, and I'll be like, "Spring break from Joliet, Illinois!" Like it's a joke, right? <laughs> but the point is, we're going there for the kids and for the grandparents and for them to create a bond that it's not all about you and a lot of times you've got to make it about other people in order for your kids to get memories that are you know long lasting with their grandparents and it takes an effort and it takes sacrifice on your part Mm -hmm. but it's not always about you getting to go to Hawaii um, that you might have to go on a trip called America in Kentucky on a lake on a houseboat so that you can create memories that are for your children and for the grandparents to have together that's right Good for you, Angie. I appreciate that point you just made. I really do. That's beautiful. <laughs> and even wait, even if wait, good. even if Sorry. the grandparents don't always like you, let's step back to that even, too. Even if I'm not my mother-in-law's favorite person, like I might, I don't even know if I'm top ten, hmm. maybe twenty. So with that said, it's um she's good to me. She's taken a while to warm up to me. And so uh, it's not about me. And so it's not for me to have the best time. It's for them to have the best time. It's got to be these these grandparent memories are priceless. And she is the best grandmother in the world. She's so good to my kids. Does she listen to the show? Uh, Oh, she knows that I she there been she's (laughs) gone real. I don't know if she listens to the show. I doubt it. So does she does she say know that I know that she doesn't necessarily like me that much. I think in the past it was very well known that maybe she wasn't fond of me, but she's really made the effort. Like I've said, I love you to her in the last few years. And she said it back sometimes now she used to, it was nothing. She used to say, thank you. She said, like, yeah. thank, thank, thank you. you. All right. Thank then. you for loving we'll me. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> love you. All righty. Then we'll talk to you another time. Have a good day then, you know, but I, you know, I think it's hard when you, you know, you've got a son and you gave, I, I'm a strong personality and she's a, a strong Italian woman. And so, you know, here I come, you know, get married to her son and I work. She stayed home. I, I don't do the things she did. She stayed home to take care of the family. I'm very busy. I bring someone else in to help. Yeah. So it's and a different situation. Culturally, that is kind of, I mean, I kind of understand her standpoint a little bit better i at least in italy italian moms there's a there's a big oh yeah uh, pride in being that big time mama at home and being the head of the household and running the house she'll see my kids like a picture of them like this weekend one of them couldn't each one of them couldn't find part of their uniform well then find another gray shirt and wear it so my daughter is playing volleyball in a shirt with sparkly rhinestone smiley faces cut out shoulders but it's gray like the rest of her team right (laughs) it's gray 
And she goes, where's her jersey? I'm like, I don't know. Ask her. <laughs> and her feeling is like, well, you're the mom. You, you should, should know. know. No, they have a special place to put it. They know where it goes when it needs to be washed. They don't do it. Then they wear the sparkly smiley face shirt <laughs> when all their other friends have the right jersey on. They got to learn. life. You know, yep. she's third grade. Listen, yeah. I, I stay at home and I still teach my kids, you need to keep up with your That's stuff. Right. Yes. I need to know that when you leave here, you're prepared to be able to take care of yourself. Yep. Yes, exactly. Yep. So, I love that. Hey, if you want to reach any of us or you have any comments about the show or you want to reach out, you need, you know, real estate needs, beauty needs, health needs, you want Beatrice to uh, ghostwrite your book or you want hair extensions for Monique's line, all of the ladies uh, can be reached through Angie Austin News at gmail.com. Angie Austin News at gmail.com. We'll be right back. The good news of Jesus for you in high definition radio and streaming at 670kltt.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. Hi, it's Angie. Hey, would you like to donate items? You know, maybe some old sporting equipment, old furniture, old clothing. You'd like the tax write-off. You'd like to help others, but it's kind of a hassle to gather it all up and drop it off, and you're just too busy. Well, guess what? Art Thrift Stores, they will come right to you, to your house, pick up your items, and leave you your tax write-off donation form. How do you do that? Call 303 303- 238-JANE, 238-5263. And again, all of these items that you donate, they help people right in our own community. Uh, They help people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. And what better thing to do with your items that you no longer need than to help others? I shop at ARC all the time. I get my kids sporting equipment, gotten a rocking chair. I've gotten boots there. I have a purse that's amazing that still had the tags on it. It's a coach bag, and I got it at ARC. I shop there, and I help others, and I donate my items. About once every month or two, and I call 303-238-JANE, and they come right to my house with a truck, and they pick everything up. Check it out. Again, 303-238-JANE. Come to any of the YMCA of the Rockies locations to fill your days and nights with our exciting and educational programs and activities. At the YMCA of the Rockies, we put Christian principles into practice with our fun and informative programs. And our facilities are located in stunning environments that help build healthy minds, bodies, and spirits for all. At the YMCA of the Rockies, we love to provide real bonding experiences for families of all sizes. We also provide conferences of a religious, educational or recreational nature and we specialize in offering traditional summer camping experiences for boys and girls at the ymca of the rockies every season brings affordable fun and excitement for the entire family ymca of the rockies has locations near winter park rocky mountain national park and grand lake go to ymcaoftherockies.org whether you are looking for adventure a better way to connect with your family or just a relaxing stroll we can set you on your way that's ymca of the Rockies.org. Hi, it's Angie. Thanks so much for listening to the good news. If you like the good news program and you'd like to support us, we need to partner up with businesses to keep this show going. I'd really like to keep it on the air and I need advertisers in order to do that. And I'd love to partner with you and help you build your business or your website. Maybe you're a nonprofit and you'd like to do an interview and you'd like to donate to us so that we can help you get donations as well. AngieAustinRadio.com. AngieAustinRadio.com. Just click on contact me. I would would love to partner up with you. I think this is a great program. We've been on the air for about seven years now, and I think a lot of people have gotten a ray of sunshine and some faith and even a little fun from this program. So if you'd like to support us, please 
please go to AngieAustinRadio.com. We would like to help you build your business or nonprofit as well. AngieAustinRadio.com and click on Contact. I'd love to hear from you, and I'd love to help you build your business. Angie Austin here. The good news gals are here. Cindy, Beatrice, Jennifer, Michelle, and Monique. And of course, our good news gal, Dave. And uh, (laughs) Nina Rossner is back. And she has uh, written another book, 365 Ways to Love Your Wife, a Respect Dare Resource. And she has many of these ways to love uh, type books. And uh, we appreciate her and welcome you back, Nina. Oh, it's so good to be here. Thank you. So give us uh, the uh, synopsis of the book. So I wrote The Respect there, and women's husbands were asking me, oh, my word, this is so wonderful. What can I do for my wife now? So I, I got tired of answering email, and I put this little page on my blog, and it went viral. So I turned it into this little book called 365 Ways to Love Your Wife. And it's really just simple explanation of stuff that women like that men typically don't think of or wouldn't think of, and um, it's, it's very practical, and yeah, it's, it's just meant to help men love women the way we're designed to be loved, which is different. I love that. So let's go over some of the ways that you put in here, 365 ways to love your wife, and I think that I mean, the majority of us that come through the doors, uh, you know, are, are pretty blessed in terms of, you know, uh, our, our husbands. How, Jen, how long have you been married now? Is it 26? 28. Oh, is it 28? Yeah. I was there for your 25th, too. I was there for, like, maybe the 10th. Ah, yeah, it's been crazy. a boy because I I've been places with you on your anniversary and you guys have made little gifts for each other and things. Aww. And Beatrice, where are you now? Twenty seven. <laughs> Twenty seven. Wow. Ooh. What are you, Monique? May will be 16 years, but 16. we've been together for um, 20, almost 22. And you're not even 40 years old yet. You go, girl. Oh, wow. Look at you. <laughs> wow. Cindy. Five. I always say five, but from here into eternity. Aww. I love that. I love that. Um, well, I, uh, I've been married a while, uh, and I always joke around that my marriage was a Disneyland for the first 10, and then the last couple have been more like Lakeside, which is another resort uh, near us that is not quite as flashy as Disneyland. Cause my husband's under so much stress that I always tell the kids, I'm like, Daddy's a different dad right now, and he's a different husband right now. He's the same daddy, but because of the stress, he's taken on uh, uh, so much that he has a shorter fuse. He even said to me last night, he goes, I can't believe I haven't snapped yet. I said, what, you mean get, like, mad at somebody, or you haven't, because he's, he's got a startup. You mean, like, get mad at somebody, or, you know, snap at the kids? He goes, no, I mean snap. Like, they come and put me in one of those jackets and get an ambulance. I go, oh, well, that's reassuring. A good thing we have good insurance. I don't so, like that. Yeah, That's a show. That's, that's a show, right. <laughs> have yeah. you ever seen that show? Yes. <laughs> I haven't believe I haven't snapped yet. Yeah. Well, oh, they, no, they snap. They kill oh, people. Oh, I don't think he'd snap like that. He means snap like just like the, the he takes on so much stress. So I don't know that 365 ways to love your wife would be a good book for him me to leave for him right now. But it's funny no. because he's been such a good <laughs> husband, and he and I know how he truly is. That I give him kind of a free pass, and he always comes around. Like every night, he was yelling about something, and then he came into the you know like half an hour later and apologized to everybody for yelling. Uh, you know. So wow. with that said. 
Um, I think we go through seasons or, you know, hills and valleys. And that's the thing, though, that as Christians, I feel like I'm in it for the long haul, that I go through the good, the bad, and the ugly. Jen's husband got a uh, terminal diagnosis, and he wasn't supposed to be alive now. And here he is over 15 years later still alive and still doing well. So this 365 Ways to Love Your Wife, um, integrate this as best you can. And how do we make the wives go? You want to talk to her first, Jen? Yes. Yeah, so, hi, Nina. Thank you. Um, hey, glad to be here. Um, so I have a question. So, you know, how do you say we like give this to our husbands or significant others? Like, do you um, put it in their birthday present? Say, hey, by the way, or? Um, you know, uh, it's likely if he's defensive at all or very sensitive, which a lot of men are, um, that it's probably a terrible idea um, to do that. And one of the things that uh, women have done and found that doesn't work is say, hey, you need to do this, read this book, and wow, can you just ask for a worse response? Mm -hmm. That's how you set that up for it to go badly, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, the book is basically for men. Um, To choose themselves, that they actually think that they need to get it? Okay. Exactly. And, And, you know, if you have a husband that leads Bible study or something like that, it's really easy because you can go get 101 ways to love or respect your husband, read through that and go, oh, and do some of those things, and he's going to be going, what happened? And this is awesome. And then you, know, you can say, hey, you know, this is where this came from. They have this. What do you think? Or, you know, do you think it'd be good for men's group? And that's what I'm finding is that men's groups around the country are doing this book. I never expected anything like this to happen. I don't, I don't consider myself an expert for men, um, but I get all these complaints from women about all the stuff their husband doesn't do, and so we teach them how to respect and not be so selfish and to be selfless and to respect back, respect themselves, by the way, which is huge because the research shows that if you do not respect yourself, then your respect for somebody else basically means nothing, and they will take advantage of you and think less of you. So we work, you know, on helping women respect themselves and respect their husband. And then, and we've talked about that, Nina, on the show, too, that you have to teach people how to treat you. And I'm not saying to tell you to school your husband, but that there's a certain level of treatment that you deem acceptable and a certain Uh level of treatment that you do not deem acceptable. And that, uh, go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead. So much of it comes off in in our delivery. You know, it's one thing to say, um, yeah, I'm not going to sit here and listen to this from you and walk out of the room. That's right. terrible behavior. You know, it's another to go put your hand on his shoulder and say, baby, I love you so much, and I really want to work through this. And I like that, I don't Nina. I know if tonight is the night to do that. Yeah, you know, I like respectful. that. Yeah, respectfully so. saying that this is not how I want you to treat me. And it's hard sometimes in that heat of the moment to use those proper words, but I think that always having that level of respect towards your spouse leads to um, proper, um, uh, you know, reconciliation during, uh, you know, a fight, an argument, or whatever it may be. Uh, Beatrice has a a question, and I want to go through some of the tips for the husbands, too. Go ahead, Beatrice, who's been married 27 years. 27 years, and I I love what you say on page 9. It says, what if God gave you your wife so you could learn how to love Jesus? I like that. Can you kind (laughs) of elaborate on that a little bit? That's great. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. You know, you've been lo- married long enough to know mm-hmm. that, that oh, we're together to rub the rough edges off each other. Oh, Lord, you know? come on. Oh, yeah, so I, I hope, I, I wrote a long introduction there because I wanted men to you know, really,
really just kind of think about marriage differently versus um, the way that a lot of them do, and it's not terrible, but, it, it, you know, it's not something that works often well for the wife. Um, mm-hmm. We often feel left alone or, you know, abandoned relationally. And so, you know, thinking in terms of God's call in Ephesians to men, you love your wives. And in First Peter 3, 7, where he says, you know, treat your wife with understanding and honor. Yeah, it, this is big business for men because he goes on to say that, you know, your prayers won't be answered. So... Mm-hmm. Looking at the marriage relationship as a place where we grow as a couple in Jesus Christ, then that's a whole different perspective than, okay, we're going to buy the house and have the 2.3 kids and get a golden retriever. Mm. You know, it's just different. So hopefully it helps people grow and look at things differently. Awesome. And then how about some of the other tips that you offer in there, some of your favorites or that have been well-received for men to show respect and love for their wives? Yeah, you know, probably the biggest comments I get are about how simple these things yes, are. Yes, like, isn't that true? <laughs> yeah, my husband loves the the first one, or, or it's one of the first ones where you, he pushes the hair back behind my ear. Because mm. women, we touch each other, you know, <laughs> mothers and daughters, and you know, we we're in each other's space a lot, and that intimacy, that proximity is wonderful. And women will do this naturally with men, but a lot of men just don't touch their wives as often as we would like. And, you know, if you're in a baby-making phase, you probably don't want to be touched. So that's a whole different thing. And, you know, we wonder why men are confused. We change all the time, right? Well, he didn't help around the house that day. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're so. yeah, huh. yeah, he looked at me one day and he says, I don't get it. This worked yesterday. <laughs> we're always moving, us women, moving and shaking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but just the simple uh, things and words to say, you know, and um, you know, the, the the touch thing especially seems to be something that hits home. The mm-hmm. very specific mm-hmm. things like that. Ooh, I like number one hundred and two. Dip her backwards next time you kiss her. Ooh, Ooh. I like that. Ooh. It would hurt. I, like I don't know. Uh uh-uh, uh, me oh, and my I... husband go be on the floor. He cannot, <laughs> <laughs> he cannot get me not with his back. <laughs> and if he falls on top of me, that's that it. Is not oh, good. That is cross not that good. one off for that for Monique. Cross that one off. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you might want to edit it a little bit. <laughs> All right, so have I a have to say, um, behind you. I, I, I'm, I'm sure Cindy doesn't have much to offer in this one because I know Cindy's husband, who was married for many years before. His wife passed away. How many years was he married? He was married for 42. 42. And his wife died. Cindy, he did not, he grieved for a couple of years. And Cindy was his first date. And then they fell madly in love, and he cherishes her. And I was giggling with my son the other day because we were at a big charity event. I go, well, you'll be able to find Tom at the event later because my son loves Cindy and Tom. They're just the cutest couple. I said, you'll be able to find Tom later, honey, because he'll be standing up to buy something for Cindy, you know, because he's always (laughs) buying her jewelry. And it's not just money things. He just cherishes her, and he just looks at her so lovingly, and he always tells her how beautiful she is and how special she is and how she does everything for him I'll compliment him about her. And he's like, you think, I don't know. She does the same thing for me. I think she's wonderful too. And so then we're we're in the auction. Then Riley goes, there's Tom, you know, (laughs) because he was buying her some trip or something. But anyway, again, not just the money, just that he cherishes her and it's obvious. And then they're out there dancing and Tom's in his early seventies now out there dancing like a kid. Not that he wants to. Because Cindy loves to dance. Would he go out there and dance without Cindy? I don't know. But he certainly goes out there when Cindy tells him to. Oh, wow. and that's love. 
Isn't that beautiful? That is love, but I will I will equally say it goes both ways, and yes. um, it's it's been an absolute blessing and joy to be married to this man. But we're still growing in our ways, and um, I'm I'm still I'm I'm li- looking at your book here, and I'm saying you know I married a man that definitely has his own mind, and yes, we love each other, but he's his own individual person, and I equally mm-hmm. come to the table being that as well. Yes, that's true. Yeah. So we're bl- we're blending lives, and mm-hmm. um, if I'm going to put one thing up front that has I feel that has really made things happen in a way that I would wish they would happen is the only way I get anywhere with my man is to deal from a place of love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, thank you, God, I I have married someone who I think of and more of, I put him before I put myself. You do. And mm-hmm. he equally does that for me. Mm-hmm. So we do come from that presence in our in our marriage. But still, we only move mountains with each other because of our love. You know, it's interesting with my husband's uh, startup and they went public and it takes a ton of his time. And last night at the dinner table, well, there have been two conversations that stand out to me uh, uh, lately. The kids said that daddy doesn't have any friends, but mommy has lots of friends. (laughs) And he goes, daddy has one friend, mommy. It's all that daddy needs. Kind of true. Daddy has one friend, mommy. And then, the and then last night at the dinner table, my son says, boy, are they blunt, my kids. My son says, well, if we divide up things that are important and we do, like, percentages, Dad spends 75% of his time focused on work. And so I'm sitting there like, oh, gosh, what's coming next? And he spends about 10 or 15% on the kids and 10 or 15% on mommy, so we're right in there. So that, And then uh, Mark looked at him because I'm like, well, how is he going to react to basically his son is saying, you put 75 of your energy into, percent of your energy okay. into your job, and then into us, we, we're, we get 10 or 15%, mom gets 10 or 15%. And so I didn't say a word, and then, um, and then Mark goes, it's called priorities, so I can spend more time with you later. And then I said, well, boy, when you're in college, you're going to get a lot of dad's time, being sarcastic, of course. And then my son said, but we'll be grown then. Don't you want to get to know us now? And I'm Ouch. like, drop the yeah. boom, mic drop drive. the mic. Yeah. yeah. Well, I did talk him into going to our daughter has like a little graduation ceremony from her elementary school. And I already put it in his calendar and said, you missed this, you know, last year. I really think you should go because these little things, he'll say, well, that's an hour in the middle of the day. I can't really make it. I made him do daddy donut day with my son who's 12. I said, pretty soon he won't want to have a donut that's with right. you. Amen. So you might as well do it now while he, while he still wants you to come and have donuts with him at school. So I said, yeah. you know, how was it? He goes, I had a really stale donut and I listened to some boring <laughs> lady talk for half an hour. Boy. She's impressed with herself and likes to talk. I said, your son said it was great. You know, so in other words, like you did it for the right reason. So I think that, um, you know, we, we have to set our priorities straight. And I think he's starting to kind of understand that. Yes, we understand he's busy. Yes, we understand he's got to take this company to, you know, the finish line. But that in the in the in the midst of all that, we still have to be a priority. And in his defense, there's never a golf day on the weekend. There's never every single moment of the weekend is spent with us. We had three kids playing basketball, three three kids played volleyball. We had a swim meet for all three kids, and one had a baseball game. And then we put in the yard two trailers full of mulch over the weekend. It was Woo. ten yards of mulch. 
He wanted to do rock, Nina. I said, I am way too old to shovel rock. Are you out of your mind? <laughs> so we did multiple. And so the entire weekend, he's with us every second of the day. Yeah, and so awesome. he that's doesn't true. go off and do other things to, quote, unquote, relieve stress. He, you mm-hmm. know, spends all that time with his family. So, you know, I let the kids know, too, like, you know, you're, you, every one of your events, your dad is there for, you know, if it's not a school thing during the week. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he's trying, I think, to do his best to cherish us in the time he has available. Yeah, and business startups, I mean, that's, that's like another marriage. Yes. I mean, it really yeah, is. It is. That's a hard, hard thing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of men also, I mean, Shanti Feldman did a study a number of years ago and found that um, most men believe that they are serving their family when they are That's true. It. Yes, I think you're so right. They, they look at it differently. He know, does believe that. Because of my family. So... Yeah, it's a little bit different. This is Michelle. How are you doing? Yeah, good. <laughs> good. I um, I noticed I was reading through the the list, some of the things that on the list, some of the items on the list that you have, and I was really touched by the make a list of thirty things you used to do while you were dating, and uh, try to yes. do those, uh, put it in the calendar to do those yearly. I thought that is mm-hmm. so sweet. Now I'm not married anymore, but. <laughs> <laughs> If only, just kidding. No, I'm not married anymore, but you know, I, it's interesting when you're dating after marriage and, you know, there's things, I think, when a lot of times when people are married, there are things that you kind of just let go and you mm-hmm. can see they're getting yeah. bad. Yeah. And you're like, well, yeah. he didn't say anything. And I haven't said anything, so maybe it's just not that bad. Or maybe it'll just go away. But when you're <sighs> divorced and you're starting this yeah. all over again, you're kind of like, uh, I'm not falling down that trap again. Right. And you t- kind of like to tell it like it is. And that's just, yeah. just like a, you know, reminder down memory lane, thinking of all the things. Be honest if you notice something or you want to address something. Yes, yes. Right. Yeah. And so much of it comes out with, you know, how are you going to address it? Mm-hmm. Are you going to say, you did this thing that's terrible right. and you are this way? Or are you going to say, you know, I feel kind of left out here and I miss you? Mm-hmm. you know, we, that's a vulnerable thing to say is to speak our truth, mm-hmm. uh, but it's more powerful. And mm-hmm. it's exactly what you're talking about. All right, 365 Ways to Love Your Wife, a Respect Dare resource. Nina Rosner, how do we find your books? It's at all the major retailers. Amazon has everything. (laughs) Excellent. Do you have a website, Nina? Yes, greaterimpact.org. Greaterimpact.org. Thank you so much. If you have questions about any of the guests or segments, angieaustinnews at gmail.com. Thanks, Nina. Thank you. Bye, ladies. All right, Angie Austin here along with Adam. Adam is an ambassador with ARC, and when you shop at ARC, it helps the ambassadors. They help people in our community. Every dollar you spend helps, and everything you donate helps. ARC is a tremendous benefit to people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Now, there's a Saturday sale. Most items half off. If I'm a senior, 55 and over, on Tuesdays, most items are half off. How do we find out about that? ARCthrift.org. How about if I want to donate? Where do I donate? 303-238-JANE. You call them and they'll pick up whatever you need. Furniture, small, big. Medium. uh, Yep, absolutely. Uh, A small, big, medium. They'll bring the truck right on over. What's the number? 303-238-JANE. Yeah, they bring a truck right to your house. 303-238-JANE. 303-238-JANE. ARCthrift.org. Does ARC make you feel special? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I thought so. You are special. ARCthrift.org. As are you, babe. As are you. Thank you. Do you love working for ARC? I love ARC. 
Hey, it's Angie. Are you in pain? Dr. Joe Arve is here, and we've got the pain hotline. And Dr. Joe, this is your specialty, helping people get out of pain, particularly back pain, but there's a lot of pain that's related to our health. Yeah, I mean, I've been doing this now for 25 years. I've helped, you know, the Colorado Rapids. I've helped at the past Olympics. And literally, headaches, neck pain, and back pain literally ruin people's lives. Uh, They miss out on the fun. They miss work. They can't go on vacations. They can't hold their kids. And so we really have a safe and natural solution to getting people better and helping them get over those neck and headaches and pain and back pain and everything else that can, so they can quit being debilitated. And listen, with all the research now on opiates being, being addictive, you know, there's governors of the state of Nevada, Ohio, urging people to go see a chiropractor, get out of pain in a natural, safe way that's not addictive. So we're just loving the results that we're getting at our office for the last 25 years. You know, we talk about the Olympics. What is it you do with athletes? You mentioned the Colorado Rapids, but I know you've gone to the Olympics to work with various athletes. What do you do for athletes to help them reach their utmost, which also can help us reach our peak and get, you know, our own bodies out of pain? Well, it's real simple. The same thing I do for them, I do for people in our practice every day. They have aches and pains and and it hinders their performance. And sometimes it's just the person who feels the best that day that wins the gold medal. And so we help them feel the best. We help them with flexibility, mobility. We help them with the nutrition, with detoxing. We help them with their workouts. We help them get their posture correct so their brain can tell their body what to do. But basically, we get them feeling and looking their best so they can go out there and gold medals. All right. So in terms of overall health, there are five different things you do to help us get healthy. But again, this teams up with getting out of pain. And it has to do with proper eating, getting the chemicals out of our system. Our spine needs to be in proper alignment. Talk about these five essentials. Well, the first one is your is your back, your back and your brain. Your brain runs everything, and so if your body's hurting, it's your brain's job to put that hurting fire, hurt, hurt that pain away. And if it can't because your posture's bad, your back's out of alignment, that's where we all start. That's what gets the process healing. But also then stress. We can literally have stinking thinking that can cause our body to worry. Worry causes pain and causes us to have a bad day. Then sugar. If we're eating too much sugar, we're not eating the right kind of foods. That can mess with our sleep, and that can cause our body to hurt. And then if we're not moving because we're sitting all day, we're not stretching, we don't know how to exercise properly, or we don't have time to exercise, that can cause pain. And then the problem is that when we take the medications for that pain, you know, one medication has 70 different side effects. So the side effects from that medication then been causing the pain. So we really stop the craziness by getting talking to the body with chiropractic adjustments, then get the person realizing that they live in peace and have less stress, what to eat, how to exercise, and literally watch this body come back to life. You know, over the years that um, you've, uh, I guess, talked to me, taught me, I've gone to many of your seminars. And by the way, when you hear about a lot of Dr. Joe's events, they don't cost anything. I mean, generally, uh, it's either free for my listener or a $10 fee for my listener. So generally, all these events he's held over the years that I've been a part of many of, um, I weigh about, I have 25 pounds, probably less than when I met you. And I've really put into uh, getting rid of a lot of the artificial sweeteners and chemicals and the food that I eat, still eat meat. And then Dr. Joe's workouts are uh, fast and effective. And can you explain those real quickly, Dr. Joe? Because they can be quite quick. Yeah, I mean, it's literally six to 12 minutes is all you really need to burn fat and build muscle. It's called high intensity duration workouts, HIT. Um, We call it Max T3. But literally, it's something as simple as 
exercising for 30 seconds, off for 30 seconds, back and forth like that for six to 12 minutes. And that's going to have a hormone balancing fat burning effect on your body. And when you start doing that one, two, three, four, five days a week, literally your body turns into a fat burning machine. You sleep better, you feel better. And again, because it has an anti-inflammatory effect on your body, you begin to feel better as well. And Dr. Joe, how many minutes high intensity and then how much rest? It, it all depends on your particular fitness scale, but we have some people that will go go 30 seconds of exercise, 30 seconds of rest, or 20 seconds of exercise, 20 seconds of rest, and off and on for a duration of no more than six minutes sometimes, but no more 12 to, to, to 20 minutes, depending on the time. But it's only actually six minutes to 12 minutes of actual movement with, with those breaks thrown in. So you catch your breath, get your heart rate back down, then you hit the gas again with an exercise. And it can be easy as jumping jacks, it can be easy as, as air squats. We're not talking about technical exercises. You just need to get moving in a way that, that hits the gas and then takes a foot off the gas and okay. hits the gas, takes a foot off the gas, and then you find your body has a great fat-burning effect from it. So just back and forth, 30 on, 30 off, 30 on, it, 30 it's off. Interval, yeah, it's interval training. Some uh, stair masters will have a stair workout or, or sprint workout. It's just inter- it's called interval training or high-intensity you know, short duration workouts all depends on what you want to call it. But it's, it's everybody. It's, you know, it's, it's everywhere. Love it. Spinegeek.com. Spinegeek.com. $99 gets yep. you back on the road to health. Spinegeek.com. And the phone number, Dr. Joe? Again, it's 303-349-6011 if they want to talk to me. But the fastest way, just go to Spinegeek.com. Spinegeek.com request an appointment. get you back on the road to health. Awesome. Thank you, Dr. Joe. SpineGeek.com. $99 back on the road to health and happiness. Thanks, Dr. Joe. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com.